what is up everybody what an incredible intro welcome to our coverage of house of the dragon episode breakdowns every monday morning at 9 30 a.m pacific standard time we discuss the newest episode of hbo's house of the dragon with a selection of casual fans and hardcore book nerds just to get the full spectrum of the entire nerdum. Can this show burn away the bad blood of season eight of Game of Thrones? Let's find out together. Allow me to introduce my wonderful panel of nerds. First off, we've got Matt Vader, the color commentator himself. Welcome, sir. How you doing, buddy? It's not Saturday morning. What's going on here? I'm really confused. <laughs> There's new people in here. Yes. This is my day. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. Also here, our ambassador of estrogen, Jude. Welcome. Good morning. How are you doing? I'm good. I brought my ovaries and everything. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> That's what we need. And the producer himself who created that incredible intro, Matthew Kadish. Welcome, sir. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to talk about uh, everything that's changed from the books. So let's get to it. <laughs> let's get into it. And last but not least, our master of ships, the sea snake himself. Charles. What's up, sir? How you doing? How goes it? Great to be here. Uh, thanks also for a me. hardcore book nerd, correct? Yes, uh, yes. Uh, particularly when it comes to the uh, Song of Ice and Fire. Yes. All right, perfect. Yeah, Charles is also an accomplished novelist, so yes. he's, he knows his stuff. See, I bring in the best people, guys. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. You do. All <laughs> right. Well, I mean, I'm here. I mean, don't do that great. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing here. Real quick, I just want to address the chat. We've got JT in here modding for us in the chat. we got Frank and Frank. Uh, Farnsworth. Dr. Farnsworth is here. Oh, Welcome, Dr. Sir. Farnsworth. Dr. Farnsworth. Joker <laughs> voice is also here. He's Anthony. Great. Uh, Jedi of Chicago. Welcome, everybody. Thank you so much for showing up this early on a Monday morning. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed the episode last night because we are going to be spoiling the crap out of it with a detailed breakdown. We got to hang out with a bunch of our people last week, too, in, live yeah. and in person. Yeah, that was really cool. Was yeah. Really yeah, if cool. you don't want spoilers, click away now. Yeah, go go <laughs> now. Go now. Yeah, my, my we're be diving is, deep. My synopsis is detailed, and I'm sure the guys who have dived into the books will be ripping the show apart. So let's have oh, some yeah. fun. <laughs> should be. All it right. should probably be noted really quick, though, that uh, we're we're used to talking at around a table, um, drinking excessively, and um, <laughs> in, and in person. So this uh, with this the this is the Salty Nerd podcast, and doing a live stream with all four of us and guests is is a strange thing. So. Um, <laughs> The dynamic might be a little bit off, right? Because uh, we're used. We'll, I'm, we'll I'm used to. I'm used to having Jude smack me across the head if I say something stupid. So, oh, uh, honey, I'll smack you tomorrow. <laughs> okay, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. She'll, she'll keep a tally. She'll keep a tally. Yeah, I'll keep a tally. Sure. <laughs> JT, right. keep a tally. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and real quick, before we dive into this episode, uh, we do encourage super chats. We'd love to have the support from you guys. What we're going to do is we're going to star them and we're going to have a little segment at the end of the show, probably about 10, 15 minutes, where we're going to uh, dedicate it all to your uh, super chat. So if you want to say something, drop us a dime and uh, we'd appreciate the support and we will get to it and we will dedicate all of our attention to you at the end of this show. So uh, that's how this is going to roll for the rest of this show. So stay tuned. We're going to have a lot of fun. Just got off of work 90 minutes ago. Dude, go to bed. What are you doing? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. The first episode of House of the Dragons is called The Heir of the Dragon. It starts off with a narration telling us about the last years of King Jaehaerys Targaryen at the end of the first century of the dynasty. With no heir to the throne, Jaehaerys had two options. Princess Rhiannis. I don't know how to say her name. Or her cousin. Rhaenys. Rhaenys. Or Rhaenys. her cousin. Rhaenys. 
Thank you. So I'm Sorry, terrible. I'm that, at names. See, I'm, I'm that guy. I might. <laughs> okay. I, I need that. I might have to spell these things out phonetically because the way mm. they're spelt right now is ridiculous. Uh, or his cousin, the her cousin, Viserys Targaryen. The throne went, of course, to the male descendant. And, ju and just a quick thing, just to add in, one of the reasons why there was such a problem is because Jaehaerys, the conciliator, who was probably the best Targaryen king ever, he ruled for about 55 years. And he mm -hmm. ruled so long, his children kept dying. <laughs> like his heirs, like I think um, Balon, who was going to be his oldest son, he mm -hmm. died. All these kids who were supposed to reign, they all died. So it was left yeah. to his grandkids and maybe some, you know, Baratheons who were cousins to the throne. So that Jaharis had like Jaharis had fourteen kids. Yeah, and they all died, yeah. or they were all girls. died. Holy cow. yeah! And so well, basically, well, he, he had he had one surviving son that became a maester, and so he couldn't legally so he was screwed and inherit yeah. the throne. Yeah, thank yeah. you. And so that's why they had the Great Council with all the kind of literally all the vassals, all the kind of lords paramounts come in to kind of say like, okay, here's this person. They're going to make their claim. Who are they going to be? So. That's where that came from. Thank you very much. That's awesome. Of course. Good to know. All right. Then we have a nice little cut scene with a black screen that uh, gives us a little bit of setup. This is this takes place 172 years before the events of the Game of Thrones with Daenerys Targaryen. Mm -hmm. And then we smash cut to a flight over King's Landing with the dragon Syrax and its rider, Rihanna. No! Umbrella Ella. No! Rhaenyra. I knew that would get a rise out of you guys. Rhaenyra. Rhaenyra. Alex, quit fucking around. I'm a I'm a professional guy. If this was a person, Joe would be smacking you. Oh yeah, 100%. So real quick, I just want to get you guys' especially Vader, because you're you're the you're the eye candy guy. How did you feel about this? So what I am? I'm the eye candy guy. You're the eye candy guy. You love good graphics, so I'm curious to pretty pictures. Yeah, I like pretty pictures. That's 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 true. That's what I do. Look, man, this thing, it felt like game of thrones right i felt like i was uh being teleported back mm -hmm. a few years and um i just got to jump right back into this world it's a it's a prequel but i don't care um i don't feel like they missed a beat here um i loved it the the dragons looked great we got to go right back into the, this the high fantasy stuff it's dirty it's gritty it's got dragons it's jousting it's just it's cool stuff, man. And, uh, mm -hmm. um, it's, you know, in high drama, there's a lot of crazy stuff that goes on in this episode and, um, I'm in, man. I, 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 I like it so far. And the opening couple minutes where they gave us the quick rundown, how many years is back and, and what's going on. And, and here's a dragon boom and let's go. And that's, and that's kind of what I got. So right on. Cool. I was, I was pretty pleased. All yeah. Right. All right, so real quick, because uh, this has uh, something to do with King's Landing as well, just doing this. Uh, Rhaenyra and Alicent Hightower make their way back to the Red Keep, showing off some familiar locations, visiting the very pregnant Queen Emma. The Queen discusses her daughter's duty to become a mother and honoring the role of a woman in this world, instead of riding dragons and fighting in battlefields. Uh, so real quick, I just I wanted to say that I 
they very much did this on purpose and i'm kind of glad they did but they we got some really familiar locations in this a couple of the rooms that we had visited previously mm-hmm. uh the big map room the big spiral staircase it was it, it did kind of tickle my fancy a little bit watching this show and seeing them walk through these areas that were like at this time like in the height of their power it was a lot of fun uh i enjoyed the heck out of it and it looked great uh everything and, and, oh go ahead and just to add a little more context so at this point the Cer- the has been ruling for about a decade Things are decent. Things are great. Rhaenyra is his only child right now. She's his eldest daughter. She's the only child who survived. Emma has had multiple pregnancies, mm-hmm. multiple miscarriages. So, and since Rhaenyra is a woman, there has been no precedent to put seat a woman on the Iron Throne. The closest they came was Rhaenys at the Great Council, but because she was a woman, we'll get to Rhaenys later, but <laughs> because she's a woman, that's why it's like, you know, that it didn't, that's why she's nicknamed the queen who never was because mm-hmm. she had the closest claim and didn't happen. So right, she just didn't, didn't have that dick. <laughs> exactly. Much. Oh, uh, uh, that reminds me. Uh, George R. R. Martin has officially dubbed this show Hot D. So we're getting some Hot D action this morning, <laughs> talking mm-hmm. about all that Hot D. Okay. Oh, great. <laughs> and that dragon. comes from, that comes from you know Martin himself. So we didn't make it up. Hmm. <laughs> uh, I also uh, also just wanted to jump on uh, the introduction that we got to King's Landing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've taken everything in the show up to eleven mm-hmm. uh, yes. in terms of uh, in terms of the stuff. Like when I was watching it, uh, I was like, "Oh my god, they've gotten so much more right than the original Game of Thrones." Like the yes. the, the, yes. uh, the the Kingsguard armor in yes. um, in Game of Thrones, it was like gold. And it's supposed to be white. And like, yes. I, I looked, I saw every Kingsguard. I was like, oh my God, they look like Kingsguard. Same thing with the gold cloaks. Like the gold mm-hmm. cloaks are actually like, have gold look cloaks. Like, <laughs> they actually have gold cloaks and they actually look like the, the how the city, like how it was described in the books. Yeah. And so like everything that I, that I kept seeing, like, like the, uh, the throne room with like all the swords, like mm-hmm. you realize like what yes. Robert got rid of, you know, and stuff yeah. like that. Uh, but the biggest thing was like the, the tournament. So like compare the tournament we got in this episode to the tr- to Robert's tournament where it was like mm. like a wooden bleacher <laughs> type yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, this like huge arena and stuff. Yeah. And the, the, the dragon CGI was so much better. Yes. Um like everything in this episode just felt like, okay, this is like how Game of Thrones mm-hmm. should look like, how Westeros mm-hmm. should look. I, I was very impressed by it. Well, and I, adding, on sure. to, adding on to what Matt, Matt said, uh, I completely agree. Like just going back, that kind of once we kind of got back into King's Landing and the Red Keep, it felt like visiting an old friend. It looked mm-hmm. really yeah. great. It yeah. was great to see these familiar things, and I liked how they. You see, unlike with the prequel trilogy in Star Wars, it made sense that this looked cleaner because one, this was about almost 200 years before right. the red keep had maybe been finished for about, I think at this point, 50 years. So it was still like, everything was still like, and at this point, King's landing was still kind of expanding. Mm-hmm. So it made sense. that thing a lot of things look really new and they didn't look as run down and ragged at that point. Um, I will say in the beginning though, my problem with the, probably the first few scenes, the lighting kind of sucked. It was a little too dark. But other than that, I thought that this, yeah, I agree. Well, at least you show. could see see what was on, on the screen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to say really quickly, like mm-hmm. uh, leading up to this, I tried to stay away from any spoilers. Uh, mm-hmm. We have 
uh, the Fire and Blood book, but I haven't started it yet. I have a friend who just finished it and he's like, holy shit, you have to read it. So I'm going to start it now and I promise to be done with it by the time the show's over. Um, but like leading up to this, I was so nervous. Like even when we sat down to watch it, it was like queued up and ready to go. And I was still like finding other things to do because I wasn't ready. I was so nervous and I wanted to like it so much. I put my phone away. I had no distractions. Yeah. Every time Kadish said a fucking word, I was like, pause it. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like I watched it for the first time. So tense. And Talk as about soon getting as it, slapped around. Yeah. yeah. As <laughs> soon as it was, as soon as it was over, I was like, we need to watch it again just for enjoyment. And I, oh my God, it was so good. And it was such a relief to be like, I so, got it right. Yeah, Alex, got Alex, so, right. Alex, can we just go around and give our initial impressions before we get back to the, the break? Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. Did, absolutely. Didn't we, didn't we just do that? And, and, I kind of feel like we just did. And, 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 and Jude, real quick, I would recommend The Princess and the Queen as opposed to Fire and Blood. Fire and okay. Blood mainly talks about the very, very early reign of Jaehaerys when he was actually young, before he yeah. was real king. So everything right, leading up to this, yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. So I'd say The Princess and the Queen and the Rogue Prince, those are the novellas you should probably read. Okay. okay. Yeah. Well, I, I just, you, you know, I, I feel like even though we've kind of given like some initial reactions, I'd like to hear everyone's thoughts on like just going into it, what they were afraid of and, and how they felt after they finished the, the episode. Uh, well, I, I definitely, I was worried that they wouldn't be able to shed the, the, the skin of the season eight of Game of Thrones and stuff like that. Like 90%. 90% of the fans out there were disappointed with that season. And a lot of people were like, why am I even bothering watching a prequel? We all know how it ends and it ends shitty. Like I, <laughs> like I can totally understand where they're coming from, but at the same time, like this is such a fun universe to play in. I can't, I, I can't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Like I, I, I need to see where they're going with this. I've never read the books. And, and as of right now, I don't plan to, because I want to experience this through the TV show. That's just how I roll. You've I, never read I, any I like of the that. books. Mm -mm, none of them. Oh, okay. I tried reading the first one, but the narrator sucked, so I stopped listening to it. Well, um, that's great. You need to read it, not listen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> would so, you like? Would you like me to read it to you? Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyway, I just like going into this show. Uh, there's a couple things I was worried about. We've heard rumors that they were going to go soft, like it wasn't going to be as uh, as gory, or it wasn't going to be as you know sexually promis promiscuous. It wasn't going uh. to be like the old school The Game of Thrones. But this episode, like right off the bat, was like no. This is Game of Thrones on HBO. Buckle up. And I was like, okay. Pleasure house. Yeah. Right there. <laughs> let's go. Let's go. So I feel like they they really put their foot down in this first episode and they were just like, we got this, guys. Just have fun with it. So I'm trusting them at this point. This is kind of fun. I hope they can keep it up. So I'll um, yeah. oh, go ahead, Matt. I was going to say, so leading up to the premiere, I was very down on this show because I was like, there's no hype for it. Nobody cares. Season eight was such a train wreck that it, it's kind of ruined the franchise for a lot of people. And uh, so I was, I was very pessimistic uh, going into this episode. And I'd say about maybe 10 minutes in, I was like, Oh my God, Game of Thrones is back. Mm -hmm. This, this show's amazing. It captured everything I loved about the original Game of Thrones, but without the Benioff and Weiss stank on it. Um, <laughs> that, that like they're, they're like, we're smarter than George R. R. Martin. We can write better than him. And so we're just going to ruin this world he created. And, uh, you know, it, it should be pointed out that the guy who directed this episode, Miguel uh, Sapochinik, 
I think that's how you pronounce his name. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, well, so probably like, not, but okay. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> so he was the guy who who directed a lot of like the the more famous episodes of the original Game of Thrones. So he was the one who did Hard Home, which is where the Night mm-hmm. King like went like this. Mm-hmm. He did a uh, Battle of the Bastards, basically all like the major huge battle scenes that the show was famous for. Like this guy directed, and he's actually a showrunner on House of the Dragons right. and. Um, and they're working side by side with George Martin. So like he has actually got an, uh, like a very active role in the production and the writing of the show. And so, um, you know, you can tell just based off of like the characterization, the, the situations and stuff like that. Um, so throughout this entire thing, I feel like they did a very good job of setting the stage for the story that we're going to be getting into, because basically for those who don't know, this is the Dance of the Dragons story, which is the civil war within House Targaryen that almost destroyed uh, the house and and led up to the extinction of the dragons. Um, And this is just like the beginning stages of it. And they're they're setting up all the major players. They're setting up, uh, you know, the landscape. I really like that the the fact that they took the time to do a prologue that kind of like gave like caught you up to speed uh, as to what was going on and what the landscape was. Um, I was a little bit disappointed that this episode didn't end on kind of like a banger cliffhanger, like the original Game of Thrones pilot, yeah. you know, where, where the brand gets pushed out the window. Um, but the, the way it ended was I felt um, appropriate because like, that's like the one thing that happened that was like, whoa, like, like, okay, this sets everything into motion. And I also like that they kind of like wove in the uh, the long winter, the long night, or whatever, into the Targaryen um, like legacy. I guess you, you'd call it that, because um, you know that was something that they added to the show that wasn't, I think, in the books or anything like that. Um, or you mean the one I that's like, coming as opposed to the one that's behind them? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So so basically, they, they refer to the Targaryen uh, legacy from Aegon is to protect the realm from the coming night, the long night, uh, which is what happens in the, the original Game of Thrones series. And I like that there's some continuity there. All right. Uh, so what I'm going to, I have the whole synopsis broken down. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to bust through like a whole bunch of it so we can actually mm-hmm. talk about the episode. That way we're yeah. not going segment by segment. So let let's me just, it. let me get through this and uh, we'll start chatting. All right. So let's see here. Uh, King, the King and the High Council are chatting as Lord Corlys Valeron, I probably didn't say that right, Valerion, uh, bring up troubling news from the Stepstones, a series of islands off the Sea of Dorne, that a growing alliance of free cities is taking over the islands under the leadership of somebody called Kragus Darher. Darher? I'm going to go with that. Darher. The, the king's brother, Damon, missing from the council that day, is the leader of the city watch and has spent money on reinforcing and retraining the city's police force. Finally, a tournament to honor the new heir that will be born soon comes up. Rhaenerys, uh can be Rhaenyra. seen... Rhaenyra. Sorry. Rhaenyra can be seen with visible annoyance at this. I gotta fix these words. Rhaenyra heads to the main hall to meet her uncle Damon, who is seen sitting on the Iron Throne, our big first reveal of the Iron Throne. They talk back and forth in High Valyrian, uh, showing a close relationship between the two, joking about who will be the next heir, Damon, or the king's unborn son. Damon gives Rhaenyra a Valyrian steel necklace. Alicent and Rhaenyra sit under a familiar weirwood tree. 
ancient uh, Alicent claims Rhaenyra seems upset about her father's unborn son overshadowing her. Rhaenyra deflects with humor and shows off how knowledgeable she is about the history of Westeros. She then rips the page out of the book and says, fuck the Septa. <laughs> All right, let's talk about this because a lot of things happened here. So I, I, the High Council chamber little meetings that they have, uh, these are one of the things that I really missed. Game of Thrones did them so well, uh, yeah. especially when Tywin Lannister was in the head. Like Those, those meetings had weight to them. Uh, this one... F- you could kind of see the beginnings of this descent. Like things aren't quite as good as the king thinks they are or wants them to be. Uh, so I like the back and forth that they're having. I like um, we're getting little drops of knowledge about what Damon is doing at this point. He's the leader of the uh, the city watch, and he's been gearing them up for something. He's been retraining and regrouping and spending a ton of money to reinforce them. So we're getting these little nuggets of knowledge through this exposition. I thought was really cool. And uh, I had a lot of fun with it. What'd you guys think about that? So basically the thing with the city watch at this point, King's landing, again, they're hinting at what it will become under bad stewardship. So Mm -hmm. it was becoming kind of lawless. So he basically retrained the city watch, made them effective so they could defend the city, obviously by very brutal means. One thing I did like about the count, the count, the high council meeting was that one, you saw that Viserys actually did attend them, unlike Robert um, or Joffrey. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he was actually involved to a degree, but at the same time, you did see that Otto Hightower, who mm-hmm. that's um, Rice, if I'm, I'm butchering his, his name, so there's me. <laughs> <laughs> Otto Hightower, we see basically find out a little about him. He's the hand, he has a lot of power. He's not openly heavy-handed, but he clearly does narrow and siphon access off to the king when needs to. One thing I noticed that they changed significantly in the books was there was never a hint in the novellas that Alicent and Rhaenyra were that close. They were friendly-ish. Like, they Mm. they, they never never had a bad relationship. until the marriage until sorry. Oh, don't 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 be right. don't be dropping spoilers <laughs> okay that, like, it can't be that spoilers but after a point at that point they never they never shown as super super close at that point okay. so this you think was, they you think they're embellishing a little bit with their relationship of course well in, in the books so alicent was the one who kind of tended to king jaharis as he was dying yes. so like she'd, she'd be at his bedside she'd bathe him and read to him and stuff like that and so uh like that was kind of her role as um as Otto basically ran the kingdom um until Jaharis died and and Viserys kind of rose up to take the throne Uh, but she her and and Rhaenyra's is that how you pronounce uh so like so like they in the books they didn't have like this early childhood relationship it wasn't until they got a little bit older which you see flashes of and like the the coming stuff um that uh, they actually like uh, start interacting with each other okay another thing too uh to add is that one thing i liked that they kind of detailed was at this point in westeros history this wasn't the case later because um because i think the high towers are part of the reach so at that point, they're old, old town they're old, old town. yeah yeah old town but they're part i think they're part of the reach so at the point um um the God, I forgot their name. Um, I'm blanking on their name. Whoever their Lord Paramount was, it was weak at that point. And the High Towers were the most powerful family at that point in Westeros. Like was it the Gardeners? Not the Gardeners. Um, so it was either the the Gardeners or, or the um, Queen of the Gar- Thorn uh, people. Um, 
Marjorie Terrell, the Terrells. That's Terrell, it. Thank you. Terrells, Thank you. Yeah, because yeah, I was blanking for whatever reason. So the Terrells at this point were weak, even though they were the Lord Paramount of the Reach. The High Towers are still more powerful. A lot of that came from just the money because there's a shipping port. It was the old town was literally the oldest established city in Westeros. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, the Sept of Baylor hadn't been built yet in King's Landing. The major the major sept in Westeros was the Starry Sept in Old Town. So again, this family had a lot of power. And of course, Otto being the hand, you know, gave them even more power. So all right. So uh Jude, I got a question for you. I always catch you when you're drinking. Um I was always. curious, I was curious how you're feeling about uh these these two female characters, the relationship between one another, and what seems like a little bit of a chip on the main character's shoulder as far as like being put into this role that like women are supposed to be in in this world. Uh, how do you feel that they're presenting this uh, in the in the show so far? Are you asking me because I'm also a I'm woman? I'm asking you because <laughs> you're a woman. <laughs> how dare you? 100%. 100%. Um, I mean, I think it, it, it probably is in line with the original story. And you know that I'm a book purist. And as long as um, the relationships are true to the original story, like I, I'm on board. And it it seems logical that this would be how things were and she's gonna have to fight for um more power so i'm on board she's started from the bottom now we're gonna be up here um and i'm excited to see where her journey goes but what i uh what i really want to talk about is um the little nuances between the relationships of otto <clears throat> excuse me otto um viserys and his brother damon mm. um so in the beginning and i don't know what your take was but my take was like this is this is a Game of Thrones show, episode one, and we're getting introduced to all of these these characters, and and it kind of took me back to like my first introduction of the of the original show, which is you know in the future from where we are now, um, but like who Otto is versus who Ned Stark was, and mm -hmm. I was totally willing to just believe that here's the equivalent of Ned Stark, mm -hmm. um, and then as the episode goes. He uh, he's he's uh, a little more Littlefinger than he is mm -hmm. Ned Stark. He's much and, more politically savvy, yeah. Yeah, and um, and then the the relationship with Viserys in, in between him and his brother, like his brother called it right at the end. He is weak. He's so wishy washy. Yeah. Like yeah. going into that High Council meeting, he's talking to Otto, and he's like, "Gods be good, oh my fucking brother, Jesus Christ, oh my brother's right there." You know what, you guys, my brother's right. And he's so wishy-washy. Yeah, he's yeah. he's so yeah. not, he doesn't have a strong core. No. And it's really interesting that this is our, this is our leader. Uh, so I'm really excited to see where that goes too. Yeah. I love this the is back your king. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I love the mm -hmm. back and forth between Otto. Like Otto, he obviously has the most power in the room. Cause when he speaks oh, yeah. up, everybody else shuts up. Like that's the mm -hmm. end of the conversation. When he oh says yeah. That. He's talking over people. Yeah. And yeah, only and it's when, only when Viserys kind of has a tantrum, does he shut up? Cause he's mm -hmm. like, okay, I know when to mind my business. Yeah. Just well, to yeah. The, hand, the hand is the number two guy, right? Yes. 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 Yeah. The hand wipes. So, yeah. Well, the king shits. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, All but, right. Also, I'm really interested to see where Damon's character goes, too, because I feel like in this first episode, he really does have his brother's best interest in mind and the Do realm's best interest yeah. in mind. Um, he's not there to be underhanded. He wants what's been promised to him, of course, but wouldn't we all? But he's not and, helping himself. 
true and he's he's got his own agenda but it doesn't go against from my take it doesn't go against like a benefit of his brother or the realm Mm -hmm. um i think he just thinks he knows how to get things accomplished in a way that his brother doesn't so i'm gonna you know i'm gonna work for him the way i do but But i'm before but i think that's changing like as far as like the end of the episode i think he sees that like his brother is a weak man and he's listening to uh other people who don't have you know the family's best interest in mind mm-hmm. they just want their own power and i and i mm-hmm. see that this is where this is his villain origin story is is where it's really starting <laughs> in, in that moment in that moment yeah. so is he a villain of damon speaking of damon real quick what did you guys think of that scene where it felt like he was creeping on his niece i Oh, he was creeping on I his didn't... niece. He was creeping on his niece. Was he? I didn't get that. <laughs> well, it's right. Right. always marry each what do you other. Do? That's not they probably thought they were going to be married anyway. Yeah. So, so, I so, so, I, so, I, so I'll tell you about Damon. My, my thoughts, real quick. He needed a little more verve, more fun. He needed to be more fun of a character. He wasn't. I just keep seeing Doctor Who. I just keep seeing Doctor Who. The thing about Matt Smith is that Matt Smith has like two facial expressions. Mm -hmm. One of them is kind of like, are you sure? Are you sure? It looks like he's not really sure about what he's doing. He's kind of a little suspicious or just kind of skeptical about it. And it's just like Damon needs needed to be more fun. Like, okay, this Mm -hmm. is a guy. Yes, he's roguish. Yes, he's reckless at times. And while he does love his family, he's someone you want to be around. You want to smack him, but you, you want to be around him. And I just, Matt Smith wasn't it. It's like he was having sex I, and he looked like he was I, having fun. Come on. I, uh, I, 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 <laughs> Come I on. just kept waiting for him to say gold cloaks are cool. <laughs> Vader, yeah. Vader, you had something to say. Go ahead, buddy. I don't remember what it was, but uh, I, I really like Damon. I, I feel like Damon is like my, my spirit animal on this show. Um, <laughs> You know what I mean? Um, he looks awesome in his blonde wig. Mm-hmm. You, you know, I wish I had my blonde wig right now because I would look much better. Um, mm-hmm. um, I do. I didn't watch Doctor Who, so I don't care about the Doctor Who stuff. I know there's a lot of Doctor Who fans out there that are kind of weirded out by this character. I have to be. <laughs> <laughs> so here, you know, here he is, just, you know, banging this chick, and you know, it's like I didn't think that was ever like a scene that a, a Doctor Who. And whatever I want to see, it's like, oh man, the doctor's getting dirty. That's really strange. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, <laughs> it's, getting, it's getting down. Um, but no, I I really like Damon. I I mean, I like his look. I like his attitude. I I uh, I like his name. I think I'm going to name my next dog that. I think that's a really good name. Targaryen. Damon Targaryen. Just Damon. Damon. Just call him the Rogue yeah. Prince. There you go. You know. Um, as far as his relationship with uh, Denibli or whatever the fuck her name is, um, I, I, Denira, yeah, I, uh, <laughs> yeah, you guys need no cards. I do. For me, uh, yeah, hundred <laughs> yeah, percent. Um, you, you know, I didn't read these books, so I'm not trying to like, I'm not picking up anything that you guys did. I'm just seeing um, an uncle and a niece who who. Uh, we're cool with the, each other. They're, they're, they're like both friendly. kind of cool together and they want to go out and party and have some fun. You know, yeah. neither one of them, I don't, you know, they Damon, don't like their roles. They don't like the no, roles that they're playing. Right. No, they, they, they want right. to go do their own thing. You, you know, uh, the princess, she wants to go ride her dragons and see the world, have some fun, you know, go mm-hmm. go fight in some battles. Um, and I think she really okay. looks up to Damon too because yeah. she what she yes. said was, I would rather be on my dragon in battle. And he's the captain of the Kingsguard. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. She looks up to him. Watching, she no, wishes no, 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 no. she. City wishes, City she uh, City Watch, sorry. Uh, um, 
you're right. I, I misspoke. Um, but like, I think that she sees him and wishes she was born a man mm-hmm. so that she could be exactly in his position. You, you know, to her, he's, he's the cool uncle, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's, that's, that's kind of what I got from it. Yeah. He's the cool, yeah. They, yeah. He's, I he's definitely cool saw, uncle. I definitely saw it was kind of, yeah, he was the cool uncle. She looked up to him. Mm-hmm. It seems that she has a closer relationship with him than she does her dad. Right. So, um, yeah, for the, sure. The, I, I will say pro- this. I the did prostitute like, that, uh, go ahead. that Damon was with real quick uh lady misery yeah she's actually a major character she is. going forward she's going to be his uh, master he, of spies well well spoilers spoilers gotta reel back on those spoilers buddy uh, but, but, but going going you know in this episode she's introduced and, and you just think oh it's some hooker he's having sex with yeah but she, did they name her forward uh, yeah, Mysteria, Mysteria, I think. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, so, but going forward, she actually has a, a big role to play in like the whole saga. So, because yeah. I wasn't I sure like because they, they didn't. Make, this up. I, I I wasn't Mysteria. sure because they, she wasn't in albino. So, but yeah, you know, that would uh, be expensive makeup wise. Missaria. <laughs> Missaria. Yeah. Real quick, yeah. I want to ask a question of the book nerds. As long as it doesn't get into spoilers, and I only want like a one minute answer. I don't need like a whole <laughs> paragraph. Is there okay, any fine. significance <laughs> to that uh, Valerian steel necklace that Damon gave her? Uh, is there is there any no. serious re- relevance to that? It's just kind of like a gift. It was just it's a, gift. a gift. That's okay. a gift. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And right, one thing ahead. I also wanted to add is, um, I, I I completely agree with you guys in terms of like what Damon is trying to do, but I I feel that I like how they set things up, and especially without without saying too much, um, how they are keeping abreast of certain things that are relevant to this dance of the dragons, like the whole stuff with the stepstones the whole stuff with the free cities mm-hmm. that's going to play without saying anything that's going to play a part. That's why they're bringing it up. Um, Cause the free cities are kind of like, you know, we've seen them here and there, but I think there are nine free cities. A lot of times they're fighting with each other, or sometimes yeah. some of them will come up with an Alliance, you know, that's happened throughout all of Western. Yeah, there was a lot of really good, really good setup. Yeah. In this episode. And I really loved that. That was something that wasn't really mentioned, actually wasn't mentioned in the books or any of the past stuff. The fact of them, like Danny kind of mentioned it in the show, like in Game of Thrones, where, hey, we all learned Valerian, but it's nice to see them employing that. That was a nice little touch that they did. And I really, mm-hmm. really liked that the Targaryens speak that to each other. It's kind of mm-hmm. like, if you're, you know, kind of like if you're a foreigner and it's like, even if you speak English outside, you kind of speak your native language amongst your family. So that was cool. I like that yeah. little touch. Uh, are you guys ready for the next segment? Oh, Do wait, it. we haven't <laughs> even talked about how dope that chair looks. Oh yeah! Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Miles. Holy cooler. shit! That was so, yeah, cool. that was so, so cool. intimidating. And, you know yes. what's crazy? And this That's is a little bit, of, a little bit that I do know about the books is even though this is so much grander than the one that we saw in the original show, it's Game of Thrones, it's still not anything compared to what's in the books. Like the book describes it as like a freaking tower of swords. It's crazy. Uh-huh. Yeah. So even though they did amp it up, and I appreciate that, it still doesn't hold a candle to what's in the books, which is just crazy. But yeah, I love the way it looks. It looks amazing. And it looks mm-hmm. so much more intimidating and like just dark and like, oh shit, don't mess with the guy sitting on that thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked how Damon kind of, like, that was another thing when Damon was kind of just sitting there in the dark yeah. on the throne just randomly because he could. You guys, I did want to say, I did find it interesting that the very first scene that we see with Damon in it is him sitting on the throne. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's, that's yeah. very, I don't very know. Jamie Lannister of him. Yeah. 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 I, I don't I didn't read the book, so I don't know what's going on. Could it be going, foreshadowing? That's what I was just gonna say. Maybe there's a little foreshadowing <laughs> or something going on there. But I appreciated it. I thought it was a good shot. Yeah. So that was too. that was a really good scene between between him and uh 
um, de, de, de blah, blah, blah. So, yeah. <laughs> There's no D. There's no, no D. D. There's no D. There's no D. <laughs> <laughs> also, another, another, another thing, too, I liked was I thought Caraxes, Damon's dragon, looked great. When oh, all yeah. the dragons look great. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, my yeah. God. The dragons yeah, look really, really good. Like, I love they really how they're... I love how they're making them all different. So they they're can actually tell doing the apart. color. Because yeah, that, yeah. that, th that was the thing I hated. And I get it was budget-wise, but mm -hmm. I hated in the first one is that you could barely tell the one Danny's dragons apart, even though they're yeah. specific colors. This one, they're making an effort where you can see that. Yeah. And, and not that, just the color, but like, it's like they're different breeds of dragon. And that's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's dive into the second little bit of this. Uh, King Viserys is being inspected by the Grand Maester Melos because of a small wound on his back that is seemingly not healing on its own. Own, Otto Hightower wants this possible issue to be kept very quiet. The Grand Maester then suggests cauterizing the wound because burning a Targaryen is obviously a good option. <laughs> I didn't think that made any sense, but I'm, maybe I'm wrong. Uh, King Viserys visits his wife as she bathes, discussing the pregnancy and the dream the king had that makes him certain she will birth a boy. She seems uncertain and she will that she will be able to fulfill his dream and reminds him of the five children she has lost and apologizes for not being able to give him an heir. This is a pretty dark scene when her yeah. he's talking about all the children that she lost. Uh, I Damon's, have a question. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Oh no, go ahead if you're not done with the synopsis though. Well, if we, if we're going to talk about either of those two scenes, I the only thing I really wanted to mention was I thought it was really weird that the maester thought cauterizing the king would. That's work. what I have a question about. Yeah, uh, Charles, you've read more than I have. But um, from what I've read, like the magic of being immune to fire, uh, that was a one-time thing. <laughs> that was in the show. That was not in the books. So, yeah, and the, that's, and the not, reason, and the, that's and the, not in the books. And the reason why it worked for Danny in book one of Game of Thrones, or in even season one, well, it's because I mean, of the magic. The it was because of the, the blood. It was because of the blood the, magic. Yes, yeah, it was because yeah. of that. That's the only reason in the in the books. In the show, they kind of gave her this little superpower. But in the yeah. books. It was a one-time thing because of the blood magic and all the stuff. And well, we stuff. think it's a one-time thing because we still got two or three books left to go. Well, so, yeah. no, John, I think no. Grim actually said that that's not in the books. And I, yeah. I just had a, another yeah. light bulb went off on me. Um, mm -hmm. uh, Carl Drogo killed Danny's Cal. brother. <laughs> Cal. Cal. Carol. It's Carl. Carl. Are you going to fuck up Jason Girl. Momoa's name next? Yeah. Jason, Jason Mamio. <laughs> Mamio. Um, he killed. He killed Danny's. Uh, Danny's brother, brother with, with molten gold. So mm -hmm. I guess it's not every Targaryen, or well, I guess the rules are kind of. No, I mean, it's only supposed to be a one-time thing. Like, when I was watching it with Kadish last night, we were kind of, like, head cannoning, like, oh, well, in this world, magic is still alive because all of the dragons are still alive, so yeah. maybe. Um, but, like, as far as I knew, like, that was a one-time thing because of the magic that had to do with that one event. Yes, it was. Okay. You're absolutely okay. right. In the, okay. in the, but in the Thank show, they, the show, they gave her fireproof powers, but that's just a okay. show. Yeah, a show. Okay. okay. Yeah. All right. Damon speaks to his troops, the newly dubbed Gold Cloaks, and leads them to the streets of King's Landing to find and punish anyone caught or accused of committing a crime. <laughs> Beating people in the streets, cutting off hands of thieves, the cocks of rapists, and the heads of murderers. The brutality is meant to send a message and clean the streets before the big tournament. I freaking 
was blown away by this scene, dude. Like, this is one of those things where, like, I heard I heard rumors. People were saying that this show was going to go softer. Like, it wasn't going to be as harsh no. as the original. They put that to rest real quick, and it was this scene that did it. That was They brutal. showed us. <laughs> they showed us. We saw it. You couldn't miss yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, they showed us everything. A little bit hard was... to watch, frankly. <laughs> it was brutal, dude. <laughs> I think it's a great uh, idea. They need to do that now. <laughs> Vader, you would be a tyrant. <laughs> yeah, it's no wonder uh, he, that that's a spirit animal, right? Damon? Yeah, I know, right? Damon Vader, Damon Vader, and the thing, and the thing of, and the thing about it, the thing I actually really liked was going back to this scene. Um, of course, you know, people in the small. Sorry, it's not the High Council; it's the Small Council. I brain farted. Um, so the Small Council people, they had issues with it because of how visible it was. I don't think they had an issue that it happened. It was just because of the public display. But what I kind of like that they did with each of the small council meetings that they did throughout the show, it was kind of an escalation about people's issues with Damon. It was much more subtle in the beginning Then this kind of brought it more to the forefront, especially because Damon was actually there. But towards the end, by the end, when after, without, I don't want to, Deal your shine, Alex, what you're going to do. But basically, by the end, it was much more open and people were just like, no, dude, this guy sucked. Da, 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 da. <laughs> so I, it was kind of like a nice crescendo. So it wasn't like right away. We got to mm-hmm. see what their issues and we got to know more Damon as a character, especially because there was another scene that happened where he was in open defiance of Otto. I won't take that away from Alex either, but you got to see where that kind of came from. And it was a, yeah. it was well done built yeah. in terms of the yeah. story. And, 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 and I, what? I think that's also really interesting the way that they they um made like the relationships and the characters so layered like like I was saying about Otto like starting off you think oh that's the hand of the king he's got to be a Ned Stark kind of good guy and then you see Damon the first shot you see they're they're talking about like you should get your ass out of that chair you're going to be like tre- uh, it's it's treason and and you think immediately this guy this guy's a bad dude uh, and then throughout the first episode, he becomes much more layered and so much more of a complicated character in mm-hmm. one fucking episode that I'm really impressed. And uh, I love it when it, when when like a show right from the beginning can introduce a character and trick me. And it was just so satisfying to be like, oh, God, this show's smart. Okay. And yeah, what was good. interesting about that scene real quick is that Otto... So like he's been trying to get rid of Damon for a while now. Yes. So Damon started off as like master yeah. of uh, of laws, and then he was moved to master of coin, and then like he tried to get him kicked out of the city, and they yeah. sent him to the city watch to get him out of the way. But mm-hmm. the thing that bothered uh, Otto more than anything else was that Damon was really oh. effective. Yes, as mm-hmm. as uh, you know, as the commander of the city watch, and so he was afraid of uh, losing uh, power. Yeah, of of Damon actually getting a win in his corner mm-hmm. there, and that's one of the reasons why he like framed it the way he did, because technically what Damon did was right. It was <laughs> yeah, right there's thing. nothing wrong with it. Yeah, yeah. So uh, let's talk about the council meeting. The High Council thinks the brutality went too far and urged the king to punish uh, Damon in some way. The king is lenient on his brother and gives him a warning not to brutalize the people of King's Landing again. Otto Hightower takes a jab at Damon and his relationship with his wife, and Damon returns and jabs back at Otto's recently deceased wife. I feel like this kind of was a little bit of a shoehorned exposition because the way that they were taking jabs at each other didn't seem to fit the dialogue, but that might just be my opinion. 
Uh, Damon bangs away at his mistress in full view of some bystanders, but can't get the job done because he's too distracted about the heir to the throne. The tournament starts as the queen begins her labor with no potential son, with, I'm sorry, with a potential son to be born. The king of the high coal wins a round. Bormund. House of the Coal. I'm sorry. So Kristen Cole of, of House. Yes, yeah, the Christian knight of House Cole. Of house Cole. Wednesday yes. round. I don't know why I read it that way. My brain is on fire. <laughs> King of House Cole. <laughs> Whatever. The knight, the knight of House Cole wins a round. Uh, Bormund Baratheon gets the favor of the queen who never was. This causes a stir. Um, Rainus. I'm sorry. How do you how do you say the Valerian? Rainus. Rainus. Valerion, and then immediately loses a match to Cole. <laughs> Damon Targaryen arrives and chooses the son of the hand of the king. Um, Gwen Hightower, Damon wins by tripping the leg of Hightower's horse. Then asks for the favor. That was of dirty, man. Allison yeah, Hightower. That was really that dirty. Was dirty. Yeah, how was that? How was that a win? That was, I, that seems like cheating to me. It did seem like cheating to me too. Just <laughs> shot the same thing. I'm surprised that guy survived that fall. Man. Yeah, that, that was, was a bad fall. I thought the horse fell on top of him. Me too, I, for I, a second, yeah. The, the, so I watched this episode twice, one so I could enjoy it, and second so I could write the synopsis. The first time I watched it, I swore that that horse had broken both of its front legs. Yeah, like, me I too. Thought, I, got up. I, I was got like, up. that is a waste of a good horse. Yeah. Yeah. The show's gone soft. The show's gone soft. <laughs> so so I'll, t- I'll tell you this, without, and again, without saying too much, mm-hmm. you know, caution, just kind of like how Messaria is going to be an important character in the story mm-hmm. for Damon. Well, decently important, not as important as this next one. Kristen Cole is a very, very, a very important character. character. Huge. Okay. And that's cool. probably where your nickname, you almost gave it away, mm. Alex, <laughs> what he's supposed to be. <laughs> but yeah, he's a very important character, particularly okay. to Rhaenyra. And that's all I'll say. Okay. I'm going to finish off the tournament section and then we can talk about that because it's a huge thing and there's a lot to talk about. Yeah. The tournament goes on as the king sees to his laboring wife. The baby is breech and is not able to be born without intervention. As the tournament gets more brutal with fighting knights, the birth also gets more brutal. The Grand Maester suggests to the king that a C-section must be done to save the baby. Put, but this spells certain death for the queen. The king makes the choice to sacrifice his wife to save his baby. The Maester performs the C-section on a very much awake and terrified Queen Emma. Intercut with Damien and the Lord and Lord Cole versing each other Circle. in the corny. Circle, sorry. Neither mother nor newborn survive. This was a brutal freaking yeah. scene. I like, couldn't watch this scene. Once you do the other synopsis, I'll talk more. Well, no, no. I just wanted to give my thoughts on this. Like, I was mm-hmm. watching this, and you know how, like, you can watch a TV show, and you're kind of, like, half looking on your phone. You're half doing something else, whatever, and you're just kind of casually you know, watching it. This this whole tournament scene, I was, was well glued to the screen. Mm-hmm. It was crazy mm-hmm. brutal. The tournament looked good. It the looked much looked more great. professional. It looked much better than the first tournament. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I have fondness for that first tournament we saw in Game of Thrones, but this was so much better. I love the grandiose. Notes. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you could tell a lot of it was CGI, but it just you could see how big and how massive when, it was. When, the when splendor I, of the Targaryen. When I think well, of when I think of a royal tournament celebrating something like the birth of the king's son mm-hmm. you know this is what i want mm-hmm. yes this is, this is yes. what i picture you know what's yeah, funny you know. is this tournament was so much more violent than anything we'd ever gotten in in previous yes. game of thrones shows that it reminded me of the doth rocky and they were like mm-hmm. ah, if there's not at least two deaths it's a boring mm-hmm. affair yeah they actually hold on a sec charles they actually had an interesting line here where they said that uh none of these 
uh, people in, who are participating in the tournament have ever seen actual war. Mm -hmm. And so they're just playing at war. And, and so like these out these outbursts where they're like fighting each other, this is the closest thing any of these guys have gotten to like real combat. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I, I think that's one of the reasons why it's so violent. Mm -hmm. I, thing I, I couldn't watch this scene. I really? had to avert. Yeah, he abandoned me. Really? I, I, I went into the I, other room and I was like, I, where are you? <laughs> I, I can't watch women getting cut open and screaming. Well, I mean, it was intercut with the tournament because yeah. even the, 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 the producer said that basically they liken childbirth to war and that's like the woman's mm -hmm. thing. And so they wanted to intercut the the violence of of the men fighting with the violence of the women giving birth. I, I thought the and and that that scene brutal. that scene was just so disturbing to me. Like it I was I couldn't watch it. Yeah, and that's how it was back then. That's yeah. unfortunate. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But the thing I the thing I also like that hold they on, did. Hold on, Charles, go ahead, and then Vader can talk next. The thing I also like that they did this time around because they didn't do this in any of the tournaments in the Game of Thrones. They showed the melee. They only at times showed the tournaments, the jousting mm -hmm. before, but this time they showed the melee where people were just butchering each other. Okay. Mm -hmm. Vader that was good. V, go ahead, finish your bite and go ahead and say what you're going to say. <laughs> yeah, man, I saw, just, don't don't think I didn't see your wife just deliver coffee and donuts to you. I know, dude. <laughs> <laughs> She's a good wife. She knows, she knows her role in the relationship. I need so, coffee. I need coffee, woman. Actually, she's gonna come and smack you. No, I I just mentioned, man, like two hours ago. I really need caffeine, and she just mm. got back home. So Aww. she's actually really, she's actually a really good wife. Nice. Um, I don't remember what I was gonna say. Um, brutal. I I love the parallel between the tournament and the queen giving birth. I mean, because they set it up perfectly. She she set it up with her wife. She goes, "This is your duty as as a queen." is to produce an heir to for for your for your king you know and this mm -hmm. is how we fight our battles you know yada yada i think she said something along those lines yeah. right i've yeah. only watched the episode once so yeah. i and, and and listen we all knew i haven't even read the books and i knew what was going to happen oh yeah it was you know for sure so but it was well shot though but it I was well shot and yeah. you know and it did its job because you know uh people like kadish with weak stomachs <laughs> couldn't watch it they couldn't watch it and my gentle me, giant to me that means they did a good job right mm -hmm. they they it was brutal enough to make some people go "Ooh, wow that's that's yeah. a bit much you know and that's what i like about these game of thrones shows you know and when hbo is in their zone man they they can kill it with this stuff even even you know the birth and tournaments clear to the the orgy sex scenes that are mm -hmm. really kind of weird, you know, because they make you make you raise an eyebrow and go, wow, that's really, there's, that's there's really depraved. There's, there's a scene, you know, there's a, there's yeah, a scene yeah. I cannot <laughs> wait to talk about. It's freaking hilarious. Yeah. I was laughing oh, yeah. out loud. Um, so, but, um, but yeah, but, 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 no, hold on. But, 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 just real quick. Oh, are you done? No, no, I'm done. Go ahead. Oh, okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, one thing is, because I think Alex, you kind of gave it away. <laughs> so I can talk about it. Um, even though I knew it was going to happen, it was how they did it was so brilliant and so brutal mm -hmm. at the same time in terms of how you found out that the baby didn't survive. Because initially, yes. anyone who didn't read any of that thought, oh, you know, it's horrible, but the baby survived at least. You know what they did well, um, and mm -hmm. it kind of gave away, is like when the baby was finally born and the maester mm -hmm. was holding it in front of the king and he was holding his dead wife there, the baby wasn't crying. 
And I was like, Ooh. I was like, oh, she, like that was the well, moment that kind of gave it away to me. I thought they I didn't said know. the baby lived for a couple, the hours. couple the, a couple hours. But yeah, it the baby cried when it was when they first took it out. Yeah, and yeah, then when he was it. holding it, you heard it the baby right. start to choke, and you mm-hmm. saw. I only caught this on second watch, that. and the maester's eyes were like. He like looked at the baby, looked at the king, and he was like, yeah. "Oh shit! Oh shit!" Yeah. Uh, also, I wanted to point out that uh, Emma Emma Targaryen, who's the king's wife, so she's actually his cousin, and she's an Aaron. She co- she comes from Aaron. Uh, so like, Jaehaerys had a daughter who married an Aaron, and had her as a daughter, and then mm-hmm. so like she is Viserys' cousin, which is why she has like all the Targaryen mm-hmm. um, uh, looks to her. Yeah, yeah, I was very so I, curious about like the relations between because we we we've known forever that the Targaryens always intermarry with each other. So mm-hmm. uh, I was very curious. I was very curious to learn like, well, okay, what, what's the relation? What, what's interesting about um, this show is that so in addition to interbreeding b- between Targaryens, they also the, the family that is closest to old Valeria is Valerians. Mm-hmm. Uh, who we we see, and so like they're the they're the sing they're the other family that that interbreeds with the Targaryens, mm-hmm. and yet, you know, it, <laughs> it, it, the casting in the show just makes you wonder, like, okay, like how how did that work? Because they're supposed to be the ones that have like the most interwoven bloodlines. So it was a little weird, <laughs> a little weird. Yeah, and and another thing too, I, the thing I did like is that they hinted at, but you 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 hit the nail on the head. They hinted at. They talked a little about the doom, which was great because that was they didn't talk as much about the dream that brought the Targaryens to Westeros as much. They just hinted at it like it was a dream that brought us here, but they didn't mm-hmm. go full into it. And that's fine. But they talked a little about the doom, which was nice. Um, so I like that they kind of at least hinted at that backstory for the Targaryen family okay. and that they, you know, so. Yeah. All right. But in the I'm books, gonna... the Valerians look a lot like the they Targaryens. Do. They do. Yeah. <laughs> I've, Vader, I'm, finding, Vader. I'm finding myself going, trying to get reacquainted with all these houses and bloodlines because I'm really confused. I'm not going to yeah, lie. I'm just, just work I'm on really the names, confused. V. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to list like, a, okay, well, There's they, no have white hair. They, have, they have white hair, so they're related and they're probably like first cousins. So it's like, no wonder she doesn't have any babies that live, you know, it yeah. makes total, total yeah. sense in my head when you look at it like that. But Same here. Then, you know, they have the scenes with all the other people in the court and everything. It's like, oh, well, that's Ned Stark's great, great, great grandpa. That's what my head's doing. I'm trying to like connect everybody that I know from the other series. And was it, is it, Ormond? was it Ormond or Bormund? I'm not sure. I thought, I thought it was Bormund. I thought it was a B, but anyway, okay. I'm going to, I have a little bit left of the synopsis for this episode sure. and, and then we can go ahead. Real quick. Uh, I want to go back to the, the birth. Um, because I want to make Kadish throw up. Um, (laughs) just kidding. Uh, so the first time I watched it, like, she loves to make me throw up. (laughs) It's my king. Um, so the first time I watched it, um, it was, you know, really hard to watch. The second time we watched it with the subtitles on, and you don't hear it as much, but you can, like, you see her, like, her reaction to what's happening, and she's begging her husband please mm-hmm. don't do this the yes, whole yes. time yeah, it's tragic. that that was hard because Wasn't... she thinks she's he's like we're gonna bring out the babe now and she's like oh thank god this is almost over they're gonna help me yeah and then they she mur- realizes her. that her yeah, was... her husband gave the okay yeah for her to be sacrificed that's what made that's what made it even harder it wasn't even yeah. just that they were cutting her it was right. her reaction to, yeah. uh, to the trails it's like i felt mm-hmm. i felt like there was a little bit of um murderous intent on the side of on from the meister right i mean i kind of felt or, like that or am yeah. i crazy well, you know just, it just 
It yeah, just but she's like... just a woman. He can get another wife who can produce <laughs> another it? heir. No, I'm not being facetious at all. No, like, according to like the law of the land of the time, like she's just a woman. Yes, she's the queen, but she can be replaced. His heir cannot. We yeah. have to save the heir. Viserys made that choice. He was like, you can either lose both of them or you can sacrifice the mother to save the child. It's the yeah. one time he actually makes a choice. <laughs> yeah. It screws everything up. That's terrible. He's just why he's wishy-washy. He's yeah. just a weak bitch, right? He, he, is. Is. he really he is. is. It's, it's amazing that he has been on the throne a decade, given now what we know by the end of the episode that he he is not strong he is not yeah. strong-minded he's just been trying to maintain peace as best mm -hmm. he can and it's yeah, probably his brother that's been doing it he inherited a, a, a kingdom that was he, basically put together and yeah. he's just maintaining By his grandfather it. and yeah. the thing is I, I looked at it like this he in many ways his relationship with damon reminds me very much of uh doran and oberin martell that's kind of how it, but it, the Doran was actually smarter though. Yes. Yes. Even though Doran had it, but Doran was smarter. He was a stronger king, even though everyone didn't see it. And the show didn't, sure as shit didn't represent it. Pardon my French. But it's just like, that's kind of the relationship I'm seeing with those guys where you have the first son and then you have the second son. And the second son is the one who's more martially strong and definitely strategic, bit of a mm -hmm. hothead. But yeah. So that, that's caught that. That's kind of a running theme in, in the Game of Thrones universe is the the second the the, the younger brother is usually the, the more violent one and the older brother is usually the smarter one. Well, that's so. because us older brothers take great glee and joy in toughening <laughs> up our younger brothers as we are being raised. You know, my little brother. He, he can never take me, never. But I know for a fact that if he really tried, he could. Because <laughs> he's a mean little bastard. But uh, All right. Um, yeah, let me, I get uh, it. Let, me, let me polish up this episode so we can finish this up. <laughs> uh, a funeral takes place for the Targaryen family. Rhaenyra um, gives the word. The word. Did I say yes. that right? Okay. Rhaenyra gives the word, Dracarys, to the dragon to burn the bodies. The king is broken. Otto Hightower calls a meeting of the High Council to force the discussion of the succession to the throne. By all rights, Daemon Targaryen is the heir to the throne, but the council fears his leadership and wants the king to name a new heir, his daughter. The king, frustrated by the circling vultures, storms out and without naming a new heir. Otto Hightower calls upon his own daughter to ease the king's mourning in his bedchambers. Obviously, put aback by this, Alicent... Uh, yeah, Alicent takes a book with her to the king's chambers and offers her condolences for the loss, remembering the loss of her own mother. Damon at, uh, is at a brothel with his men when they urge him to give a speech, and he says some inconsiderate things about the king's dead son. Otto Hightower gets reports that he called the king's son heir for a day. This outrages King Viserys, and, is, and he banishes Damon back to his ugly wife. Damon calls Viserys weak and warns of his council's plans against him. King Viserys names his daughter, Rhaenyra, the new heir, cutting Damon out of the running for the throne. Viserys calls upon Rhaenyra to speak with him in front of the skull of the great dragon Belron. No. That, no? Belerion. Belerion, sorry. The Black Dread. The, yeah, yeah. Belerion. The, <laughs> and reveals to her that she will be the next ruler of the Seven Kingdoms and warns her of a coming winter that will bring darkness and death. Damien flies off with his mistress and his dragon, and Rhaenyra has her coronation as the next heir to the Iron Throne. The Lords of the Seven Kingdoms pledge their fealty to her. 
Uh, so this scene in the brothel, this is what made me laugh. So like, he's in there, he's chilling with his boys, and they're all like, "Freaking speech, speech!" He stands <laughs> up, he stands up and gives a speech, and I can't help. I'm looking at the background because there's boobs everywhere, and I'm <laughs> like, "Okay, what's going on here?" There, there is a dude dead center of the room, still halfway into this chick, and he stops and turns and listens to the speech while he's still like inserted and i'm just like knee deep in there (laughs) what is going on speeches keep me hard (laughs) literally literally that was it fire and blood literally it almost almost took me out of the scene because i'm supposed to be paying attention to this guy's speech but i'm just like that dude's still got his dick in her (laughs) that's how that dude felt too i should uh pay attention but uh it's like those, it's, it's, it's like when those kangaroos, like when you have a kangaroo that has an, a king kangaroo that has an harem, and the smaller ones kind of sneak in and they're kind of checking their self to check. That's kind of what it's like. Anyway, I just uh, I got this image in my head of the of the director and all the crew behind the camera, and they're mm-hmm. on like they're on like take seventy three of this scene, <laughs> and this guy, okay, no, just stay there. Just stay there. No, you hold it, hold it, hold it. Yeah. <laughs> they, they were they were too busy making sure there are no coffee cups in the shop. Yeah. You know, they hired a specific person to be on set to make sure there were no coffee cups anywhere. Wouldn't you? Nice. I absolutely I'm, though, as I'm much crap as they got for sure. Yeah, you know, you know the thing is too is um what I thought was really smart what they did, and they did this obviously to kind of not vilify the character too much we never saw exactly what he saw we heard what he said we Mm. never saw him say it we never heard it from his mouth so maybe he said something else entirely and it got transmuted misconstrued and gotten back to him but we don't know exactly what he said specifically well if 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 he hadn't said it he'd have denied it when he got called in front of us i think think this is the interesting thing about the relationship between otto and damon is that otto probably did say it but like leading up to it he's not like ha ha he's like Ah. yeah like you see the emotion in his face at the funeral he's Mm -hmm. drowning his sorrows in a brothel because that's his way and then somebody else who's probably from Otto's team was like speech mm. speech you gotta say something yeah, and he stands yeah. up and he says something about the loss of his nephew who was his king's heir uh and and I fully this is this is what made it the switch for me in the episode was we have been leading up thinking uh Otto's a good guy uh Damon's a bad guy and this is where it switched for me and mm. Otto is the one who says he said this and I yes. fully 100% was like Otto totally and like made it seem a way that it probably wasn't you know, said you know you know what's funny to me is is i never felt that way the entire show the the moment we got to see Otto manipulating and talking to the king at the, at the council I, I immediately didn't like him and maybe mm-hmm. i'm just picking up on something but no well, he's, a lizard. he's a lizard he's a lizard he's a lizard, he's a lizard. Otto, can we Otto talk about bad vibes Ahead, Can we Cash. talk about the scene where Otto basically pimps his daughter out to the? Oh yeah, yes. 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 I, I was going to get to that. Yes, yes, that, yes. That felt like such a play to power that he would throw his daughter yeah, in that room, like go and she, flirt with the king and make bro, him feel she's better. She's just a woman. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was just it was. I was like, whoa. Well, dude, but he, he was like, stuff. put on one of your mother's dresses. And Otto is the one who's really on the quest for power, and if he yes. can get his daughter aligned with the king, that. That's, That's gonna set line. him up for life. Mm-hmm. Index yeah, figure. He, he's... <laughs> somebody, call, somebody called him index figure. In the 
that was kind of little awesome. finger. Yeah, index yeah. finger. That's Not his middle name. finger. That's his name from now on. Index, index finger. finger. Index finger. <laughs> That's, That's that. awesome. That's good stuff. Uh, yeah, that was a that was a really messed up scene, um, and I, it just kind of goes to show. Like, I I think immediately I got the vibe that Otto was just playing the game hardcore like he's the new he's the new index finger he's the new tywin (laughs) lannister he's the guy behind the curtain well Mm -hmm. you know it's funny and his daughter didn't look that surprised that he was gonna pimp her out either Mm -hmm. his daughter took it she she took it like a punch (laughs) that's what she was doing with the old king she i mean she wasn't doing Mm -hmm. that but it was like she was kind of tending to him probably you know influencing maybe Hey, tell him this. Tell him that. Yeah, you know. And I, you, you obviously you guys, see where the the nervous tick that she has that she's like basically yes. like removing yes. her fingernails. That was pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I did not see I, that. I, I, I don't think that. she. I don't think she understood what her father was actually asking of her until he said, "Put on one of your mother's dresses." Mm. It's like she just kind of stops, and you see like her face change. Um, <laughs> uh, one thing that that was kind of interesting, though, I don't know if you guys picked up on this. So the scene where uh, Viserys is basically telling um Rhaenyra is that is that Rhaenyra uh he's telling them about like the the secret uh, of the Targaryen dynasty which is Mm. basically like they're destined to fight the the long night and he has his um his Valyrian steel dagger Mm. so I don't know if you guys Mm. noticed this or not but that 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 was the dagger that Joffrey used to try to assassinate Bran and it's the one that Arya Arya used to Kill the Night King. King. Yeah, yeah. I love little touches so, like that. For it was sure. nice. Yeah, was cool. It was nice to see the dagger again. What what did they call it? It was the the uh, cat's claw cat's, or something like cat, that. Cat's paw. Cat's, cat's paw, paw. Actually, cat's paw is what you call. It's a cat's paw's dagger because okay. a cat's paw is Westerosian Westerosi for like an assassin. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So cool. I'm sure somebody yeah, it was, knows. <laughs> it was cool to see that. I loved. Um, it, it, so. Is this this the dragon skull that they're they're talking in front of? Is that Valerian. the same Balerion? Balerion. Yeah, is that the same one that was in the under chambers in yes. Game of Thrones? I think so. It looks, I think so, it looks yeah. completely I think different. So. Like it looks this bigger. one looks bigger. Well, it's, it's it's much older by then. <laughs> well, the thing is, is that Balerion also Balerion was the largest dragon ever in yeah. Westeros. Mm-hmm. You know, the only person who's close is Vagar, who we have not yeah. seen yet. And yeah, then, and, and I thought it was really cool that they have like a whole altar set up around the dragon, like honoring yeah. this, you know, warrior for our from our family. And that it seems like they just keep the flames burning yeah. in well, honor of the so, dragon, which I thought was so, a really nice touch. So Balerion was the one that um that the original Aegon the Conqueror uh, yeah. rode. Mm-hmm. And Viserys bonded with him. And so he was the dragon that Viserys rode until Valerian died. And Viserys never rode another dragon again hmm. after that. So, I, so I, like I, him, I, him, yeah. him being there is kind of like communing with like you know, like your favorite pet or like a lost okay. family member or something like a that. A stuff, a stuffed pet. I have another <laughs> I have another continuity question um before yeah, Vader uh, says his thing. So in the old show I seem to remember them saying that the skulls were in the main hall and um yes. uh, Baratheon the Baratheons had them removed because he yes. didn't want them to be intimidating to him mm-hmm. while he was on the throne. So is that did that never happen in the books? Is that why it's not happening now? Because I feel like some of the dragon skulls should have been in the main hall. It did, and you're absolutely right. They did mm-hmm. mention that. They mentioned that in the show, and they mentioned that in the mm-hmm. books that there yeah. were dragon skulls adorning. Well, so, yeah. so 
it, it's not till after the Dance of Dragons where basically all the dragons were wiped out that the, their skulls were mounted. At this oh, point, okay. at this point, there aren't a lot of dead dragons out there. Okay. Yeah. So, so especially ones that are owned and operated by the Targaryens. So Balerion having like his own little altar is is kind of like a special thing. But then once more dragons start dying, that that's when you know that that okay. lining the halls thing happens. Okay. Gotcha. Thank you for that clarification. Appreciate it. Uh, that's it for the synopsis. Uh, any other closing thoughts on this episode? Uh, v, what did you think for episode one of the House of Dragons? Oh my God, dude. Like I said at the beginning of the show, um, I was immediately taken with it. I, I, I'm, I was immediately transported back to Westeros, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like I did in that first season where I was just taken with this show. Um, I, I mean there's a lot of political intrigue going on here. I'm kind of, my brain wants to know what's happening up at the wall. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, if, but I know this, this is probably not what this story is about. Are we going to get there? Is there, no. can you, can you, we don't ever get up there. No, this so, is a civil yeah. war for about the Targaryens. Yeah. Um, I love the characters. I, uh, I didn't know what I was going to think going into this thing because you know, of all the stupid stuff that people talk about before shows even air, but, I try not to listen to that as much as I used to. And um, um, I'm pleasantly surprised, I I, I guess, is is the best way for me to say it. I am completely in um, and I'm interested to see what happens on. And, uh, and, you know, dragons, they're cool. And and, and, uh, I'm on Team Damon and and I hope he kicks all their asses. I don't know what's going to happen. You know, don't ruin it for me, Kadish. I will. Hey, Charles, would you put in the comments the two novellas that you suggested for anybody who hasn't read or wants to catch up or haven't read uh, those ones? uh, And that would work for me, too. Where'd he go? I think he just left. Oh, no. (laughs) What happened? He'll come back. I should speak directly to him. Yeah, I know, right? He's like, this bitch is telling me something to do. Click. I'm out of here. I'm sorry about that. I'm actually not signed in, so I can't put it. Oh, okay. Yeah, but but I will I will say them. Yeah. So okay. Charles is like, I'm not going to listen to a woman. I'm out. Yeah. Like, how dare you? Especially a redheaded one. Kissed by fire. I did not rage quit. Um, so the I'd say the most significant novella is the princess and the queen okay obviously the princess being rhaenyra and okay i won't say rhaenyra. uh but the princess and the queen is the one that's the main one that covers the dance of the dragons okay and then the one that's kind of like it's covers the same ground but it's more from damon's perspective it's the rogue prince and that's mainly from him but it covers like okay. a lot of the same ground if you want to get prince. and if you want to get the history prior to this you want to get some more information fire and blood is essentially just Jaharis when he was young with his wife <laughs> a lot of it that's a lot of what it covered the early part of his reign okay um yeah, yeah. and what's interesting about a lot of these these stories that um that Martin kind of like wrote up and in an ancillary fashion is that they're told from unreliable narrators so there, there's like the septon and there's like a midget fool who <laughs> basically have different takes on like historical events and so the books present both sides and they're like you can kind of figure out which one you believe most and mm-hmm. and the, the 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 midget fool uh, his name is mushroom and he always goes like really salacious and like the the septon is is very like prim and proper and he's like yeah and, and very chaste and so like he, he's more like matter of fact and serious so it's kind of an interesting uh narrative device that uh, is used there right yeah jude I- jude how about you uh are you in on this show you're surprised by this first episode 
Yeah, I was very, uh, I think to say pleasantly surprised is an understatement because I, I, I wanted to like it. I was afraid to like it because I didn't want to get my heart broken. Uh, <laughs> but I, I feel like we're off to uh, a really great start. I think the, the writers are actually like taking their time and, and, and putting nuance in and making this a really rich beginning. And I'm excited to see where it goes. Can, can okay. I, can I ask a quick question? Um, as far as the writers and stuff go, what is the relationship between the good seasons of the Game of Thrones series? Is there one? <laughs> well, yes. So the, the reason why is because it covers the books. It actually fully well, covers more so. So the guy who who wrote this episode and is in charge of kind of like the overarching season writing. He did um, Hard Home, right? No, no, no. That that was the director. Mm. Uh, so the the guy who directed this episode, he directed Hard Home and uh, and um, the Battle of the Bastards and stuff like that. But the guy who wrote this episode, and he actually worked with George R. R. Martin in writing all the other episodes, um, totally not connected to any of the the Game of Thrones stuff. Like okay. he came in brand new, and uh, and he's friends with Jonathan Tropper actually. So yeah. Who's that? Who's yeah, that? yeah. This this was Jonathan Tropper's buddy. Yeah, uh, Jonathan, Jonathan Tropper. Tro is the showrunner of uh, Warrior and C with Jason Momoa. Yeah, and Banshee oh, okay. and, and a bunch of other stuff. So like uh, he kind of came in and and pitched this idea. There was originally going to be a different uh, prequel series called Blood Moon, which was like going back to like the time of the dark of, of the long night and the stuff like that. The Age of Heroes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that got... I got a pilot, but didn't get picked up. And then this guy came in with his pitch and George R. R. Martin was on his side. And so this got picked up and, uh, and he did a, a bang up job, I think. Cool. So, so, so it's safe. It's safe to say that the DNA should extend through at least season one. So I'll tell you one thing. Um, basically with the show, the first couple seasons, I mean, it's surprising that the show, the first couple seasons of Game of Thrones are good because Mm -hmm. Dave and Dan pretty much admitted like a couple of years ago that they basically failed their way up throughout mm -hmm. the first two seasons. They didn't know what the hell they were doing at all. They had a chance to get like an experienced showrunner. They didn't do it. They realized, I think season two, oh, we can have a writer's room. It's like, what are you guys? Um, <laughs> so, um, but I'd say that the DNA was that they adhered more closely to the books. Obviously there were deviations, but it was once they started veering far, well, one, they ran out of runway. I wonder if mm -hmm. that is, yeah. but they ran out of runway. They also bought into their own hype of believing yeah. that they were brilliant writers. Yeah. yeah. So they ran out of runway, got a little too, got a high off the fumes of their own awesomeness. And that's, and once that happened, it was just, and there was some type of falling out with George. I don't know when, but I think it was either seasons five or season six where they had a falling out with George. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so, so there's already an established beginning, middle, and end of the yes. story they're telling. Well, oh, this is done. Yeah, this story is so, done. So, okay. complete. So, we're, yeah. so there's really not a chance of us getting season eight. No, or season thing. seven. Or <laughs> season where, they, seven. where we don't know what the hell is going on. Okay. So there, there is an end to how this goes. Like they could right. do this for like at least. I think they're planning five on, seasons. Yeah, because it's like there's there's going to be time jumps. I think even in this yeah. season, I mean they, they could they could easily do ten seasons around this story because there's so they much that happened. I'd rather they didn't. <laughs> speaking of, I just wanted to ask that question for a plebe like me who wanted to know what was going on. So that's yeah, good. Jude, that's good Jude real quick, and then we got to get to the super um, chats. Speaking of the seasons, um, we're going to get ten episodes in each season. Is that correct? That that's pretty much the standard for Game of Thrones. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. That's cool. Uh, final thoughts on this episode. Go ahead, bud. Yeah. So I I was very pleasantly surprised. I was not expecting this to be good. 
and it far exceeded my expectations. It felt like vintage Game of Thrones back when it was like at the height of its game. I'm very excited going forward to get to see the story play out because they set up a lot of stuff that makes you think this show is going to go one way, but it's mm. actually going to veer in a lot of different directions. Uh, so there, there'll be a lot of nice twists and turns ahead. I wanted to shout out to Graham McTavish showing up as uh, the, the Kingsguard uh, Harold yeah. Westerling. Mm-hmm. Uh, the good, good old Graham McTavish from Outlander. Like yeah. every time he's just on screen, I just- Oh like, yes, 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 yes. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I and, knew he and, looked familiar, yeah. He's a there was sexy no- dude too. And and there was another character that uh, got introduced that we didn't even touch on. His name was Lionel Strong. He's the uh, yes. master of laws on the small council. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, he, and him, him and his his children play a big role going forward in, in, in the story. And so we were introduced to him. We were introduced to uh, Lyman Beesbury, who's the master of coin. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has kind of an important role. And then, of course, Kristen Cole, who we kind of touched on in this. Like, like you guys are probably don't, comprehend the mag- magnitude of importance that character has going forward Huge um right? yeah and 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 there's a lot there's going to be like a lot of love triangles going on there's going to be a lot of backstabbing and and maneuvering and i can't wait i can't it's going to be like awesome. every that's everything true. in this episode set up everything that's to come just mwah, chef's kiss and, 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 I, and, and i and i think that uh do you mind if I go? Yeah, Charles, go, go ahead. ahead. Finish cool. it off. Uh, and, <laughs> yeah. and as, so, as soon as you're so, done, we're going to do Super Chats. So I'd say that I I thought that there was a lot of low-key stuff. This was definitely a lot of setup. I loved going back into that world. I enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's definitely some things where it's like it's a wait and see um, how they approach certain things. Because, you know, some people don't know about these stories, about this history. I, I do. And so you'll be curious to see where they go. But I like the setups so far where it's like, hey, there's this person. Hey, there's this person. Hey, there's that person. Doesn't even have to be a big thing. It's very low key how they introduced a lot of things. I like how they're setting up many of the potential feuds, explosions, love triangles. Yeah. Decision makers, makers who uh, will basically be very important and key to where things go. Because as you know, I mean, pretty much it, they told you this is going. This is basically going to lead to something. Not so great. The things are great right now, but they're setting up where things are going to go and how things are going to go down. And um, I really, I really thought that it was a good setup thus far. I'd like to see more of Rhaenyra's personality, other than that she's late and likes to ride dragons. But um, I did like the potential thing that they did with her and Damon. I like that they showed her disappointment at what he potentially at what he said. Mm-hmm. They show that they specifically focus on her reaction as well, not just Viserys's. Yeah. Um, and it was interesting, kind of going back to what you said. Um, they basically said that um, you kind of mentioned how wishy-washy Viserys is and how weak he is, and how Otto used what was said to push Viserys to banish his brother. Mm-hmm. And there's this. Oh God. Okay. There is this great scene, and I love this shift when Viserys was banishing Damon. And when Damon tried to approach, and then the King's Guard was just like, <laughs> oh, I was like, was oh. Great. Was <laughs> I was great. like, oh, that was great. That was he just died. such a great, like, and it showed you, and I was just thinking in my head, this is such a far cry from what the King's Guard became. Like these guys were on point. They were all there, not just because of political appointments. These guys could fight. They knew their jobs. They protected the king. Mm-hmm. And um, that was cool. And here's another thing too. And going back to Christine Cole, 
I don't know if he was already a Kingsguard at this point. He might have been. He wasn't. Because he I think, wasn't. Oh, he wasn't? Okay. All right. Yeah. So, sorry, I won't say anything. Uh, again, <laughs> I, I, again, Charles, mm-hmm. lay off on some of the spoilers here. No, no, no. I wasn't sure. No, no, no. I wasn't because I, I was looking at his armor and I wasn't sure. That's The way his armor was, I wasn't sure. He, he, I think he's kind of like a hedge knight at this point. Okay. Okay. That's why I was confused by his, his armor. That's why I wasn't trying to give away anything. But um, Charles, you right. did that on purpose. I did not. <laughs> but I'll, either way, it's like I like where this is going. I'm invested okay. in it, and it's good stuff. Very good. Uh, All I, right. I just want to point out real quick before we get to super chats, Alex, that um, Otto Hightower, he's widely regarded as the smartest guy in Westeros, but mm. he, in history, he's regarded as one of the worst hands to ever to ever do things mm. like, like like he he's basically like he was he was the smartest <clears throat> man in the world but he was terrible at being a hand so okay all right guys well thank you all for your uh wonderful discussion of uh this episode so let's go ahead and head over to the super chats everybody in the chat i think we have like close to 50 people watching which is amazing real thank quick you all very much yeah um, ahead, Jude. just because he's mentioned it a couple of times was anybody bothered by the um male targaryen wigs it didn't um, bother me that much. I mean, you can Man. tell their wigs, obviously, you know, but I think they'll get better me. as they go down. It bothered me. Here's what always bothered me about the Game of Thrones Targaryen wigs is that they always look the same even when they're having sex. That bothers me. <laughs> That's weird. They're never <laughs> Take your hair up. out. Take your hair out. <laughs> Take your braids and your ponytail out. It's weird. Okay. <laughs> I thought Matt Smith was giving me um, Orlando Bloom. Mm. With his blonde like wig. Lego, like Legolas. Yeah, I thought, yeah, okay. yeah. I thought he looked gotcha. great. <laughs> <laughs> so Vader backyard, was very jealous. <laughs> backyard Tardis for the ten dollars super chat. My goodness, man, starting out strong. Thank you Thanks, so Nick. much, Nick. I appreciate that. It says Matt Smith already had a sex scene with Billy Piper, aka Rose, mm-hmm. before he played the Doctor. Interesting. I wonder. Okay. I don't think it would compare to what we saw in this episode. Not a little bit. Not <laughs> just, even close. Just my thoughts. Yeah, that was we, we got a lot the, uh, of. Secret Diary of a Call Girl with Billy Piper. That was yeah. her we, show. We, we, we got a lot of uh, Matt Smith butt in this. Uh, Did you guys notice how um, when when he like couldn't finish and he was putting his clothes back on, how strategically choreographed yes. the uh, not the frontal the was? That was amazing. <laughs> yeah, it was. it was leg, towel, robe, leg. Then turn around. It was. I was impressed. You were looking impressed. for that D, weren't you? I was, you were like, I, I got to as bad as Kadish. Are, we, are, are they going to show D. it? Are they the going to show D. it? Well, I think yeah. Matt Smith might have been a little uncomfortable. I didn't read the full interview, <laughs> but he might have been a little uncomfortable with the amount of sex scenes. So. Probably. I wonder, I wonder if he'll have more throughout the seasons, like because he's one of the main characters. Well, 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 they were also very strategic and not showing any bush in that They were, scene actually. As well. Equal opportunity covering. Yeah. Yeah. That's all right. I'm yeah, all right with that. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> they did was they there, made up for it at the brothel wait, was i do have a question about the brothel scene really quick yeah was did we get a trifecta in in, no, in there no. was no little people there I, well there's no rape there. Everybody, <laughs> everybody, everybody <laughs> there's, there's no, no rape no there dwarfs, you know dwarfs there's no dwarfs yeah. and there's no rape so we're only one yeah. third of the way there buddy i thought there was going to be at least i thought we'd get a trifecta out of the, out of the brothel <laughs> <scene>. <laughs> well a, a, after the after the the, the the smashing they got in, in the Game of Thrones over the rape scenes. I don't think they're going to yeah. put any more. No, of those they're going to be. They're going to avoid those. Yeah. Like. Dude, dude, I'm going to get smacked now tomorrow. Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's two smacks for Vader. All, All right. right, the next super chat. Another one from Nick. Five dollars. Thank you, sir. Matt Smith has has a lot of facial range. He has a way of going from man child to looking ancient. 
That is uncanny. That's uh, something I mentioned to Kadish while we were watching this. I was like, there's something about Matt Smith's face in this that just, it looks petulant. He doesn't have uh, eyebrows. It's I does, like, he does this. <laughs> He's got a weird look. He's got an odd looking face like Benedict Cumberbatch. Does he, he have does. a good, what about his O face? You think he's, well, we didn't see that. He got frustrated. Yeah, maybe in the next right. episode. Maybe the next right. one. We'll He's got to do it on the oh. back of a dragon to really get it. <laughs> I, I can see him doing that. I'll, I'll, I'll say as, as good as he was in this episode, his performance didn't come near to the brilliance of Morbius. I still haven't, I haven't seen that yet. <laughs> I, I'm a little dance scene there. Yeah. Oh, gosh. All right. Final call for Super Chats. People in the chat room, thank you guys so much for being here. Really appreciate it. Uh, we're going to take another two minutes or so to let, see if anybody else wants to drop us a dime. And then we're going to polish out and get out of here. Um, Matt Vader, while we're waiting for that, why don't you let people know what you guys got planned for your live streams on Saturdays? Uh, Saturday, we're talking about whatever is a uh, fun, topical, and new worthy um but i think and then we're also going to be going into uh the the other show with uh with the dragons and and swords and stuff in it from amazon what's that one on amazon Ring, the rings, the rings of, power. of power yeah yeah, yeah. i hope i, I that's we're also going to be covering say. andor andor when it comes out for for some reason kadish has decided we're just going to like go down this hole of <laughs> Of mediocrity and 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 hope. No, Andor actually looks half decent. It, yeah, it looks pretty good. I'm looking forward to. You it know. actually looks like the film. It looks like a film. Yeah, I can't. I can't. I'm wait. looking forward to be baited and switched. Oh, I yeah, can't wait too. for the for the online Twitter war between Game of Thrones fans and Lord of the Rings fans fighting oh, over whose show is better. I, it's gonna be amazing. I, don't <laughs> I feel know, bad. For, I'm, not, I'm not excited for that one. I, I don't think there's the, gonna be much of a fight. No, I feel, bad. I feel bad for the Wheel of Time people. Oh, they're gone. Oh, that's trash. Yeah. trash. yeah. Um, so this Saturday we have uh, the, the lady Force Natalie, Natalie and Michelle coming from the Force of Light. Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh, speaking of, I'm wearing and, and their maybe shirt. Another person. Yeah. Cancel yourself. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's what we got going on. We're All just right, cool. you know, doing our Saturday thing. Right 10 a.m. every Saturday morning right here. All right, Jude, you got some stuff in the works, too. You got an audiobook coming out soon. Is that correct? I do. It's very dragon heavy as well. Uh, nice. I'm working on an audiobook right now. It's called Trial by Fire. Uh, I am playing Tenegan Felter, uh, a young mm-hmm. woman who uh, is a servant, and she uh, has to fight her way up to power to become uh, a leader of uh, dragon riders. Nice. So that's nice. coming out uh, in the next couple of months. Right on. Cool. Another super chat from Fluffy Panda. $5. Thank you so much. It's very generous. Uh, Matt Smith was the saving grace of this show. It was okay, but I'm curious. Watched Watchers on the Wall after this. First time in three years I've watched Game of Thrones. I am curious how many people are going to like watch this show who maybe not have dived into Game of Thrones and like go back and like watch the Game of Thrones show like alongside it or after they're done with this. Mm-hmm. It's, it, I'm, I'm. You should probably quit at season five. Yeah, probably stop. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you know, you know, I look at it. So they had to hit a home run with this first episode. Yeah. And, and they knew that, right? I mean, mm-hmm. there are so many people that are still pissed off about season eight that, I mean, I can't write a comment in Twitter. I mean, I know Twitter sucks and it's not it's, with real people, Twitter, but, yeah. <laughs> but you, I can't make a comment about this show without being inundated with people saying, F Game of Dude. Thrones, I'm out. I'm never going to watch it's it like again. A, it's like uh, a bitter, it's like an I, X and, still bitter. And, and, and I just got to yeah. say, you people that are like that, you're you're doing yourself a disservice. You gotta watch this episode because it might bring you back. It's really 
pretty good. I I, so. I went on uh, on I was on Twitter and I looked up the trailer um on the official Game of Thrones mm -hmm. Twitter account, verified and all that stuff. And I clicked on the comments and like 90% of the comments are I'm not coming back to this franchise. Yeah. You guys I was like Jesus Christ. But guys. you still but they follow have to tell them on Twitter. Tell you that they're doing it on Twitter for clout. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, thank you guys so much for the super chats. We got to get out of here. We've got a hard out for 11 o'clock. Um, this is going to be every single week, guys. Every week, 9.30 a.m. on this channel on Monday. We will be discussing the newest episode of The House of the Dragon. So thank you guys for being here. Really appreciate it. Hope you enjoyed the coverage, and we look forward to seeing you guys all next week yeah. with a fresh new episode. Real, real um, quick, Charles, where can they find your books? They can find – oh, yes. You can find me on uh, Amazon at cc ckk uh, and you can look for the pantheon saga or the star brigade series Excellent. and you can also you find me on instagram and the facebook cool sorry and your, a, a lot instagram? of your books are like superhero yes uh, they're superhero yeah, fiction yeah, cool. and and uh yeah superhero fiction um basically look at it like this it's like mcu between phase one and three not phase four but phase okay. one and three and um yeah, just it's fun. It's good stuff. It's adults. Um, it's not as chaste as the MCU, so there's that, but it's not like full-on superhero harem. Um, it's, it's, it's actually like some, somewhere between Marvel yes. and the boys. Yes, <laughs> yes, thank you. Between Marvel yeah, and the great. boys. Between the great. MCU and the boys. It's the best way to okay. describe it. Yes. Cool. Right on. All right, Kadish, final uh, final takeout or what I don't know how to say this. Just tell them where they can say find goodbye. you. <laughs> yeah, you can find me at Matthew Kadish on Twitter. And uh, I was one of those people who was bashing this show until I saw it. And then I was like, yeah. okay, I'm on board. Cool. Right on. All right, everybody. Thank you guys so much for watching. Really appreciate it. Catch you next Monday, 930. Stay salty, my friends.